So, dude, when I got out of college, dude, I made $17 an hour in a fucking shirt and tie cleaning cars behind a fucking enterprise. All right, buddy? Like, I've been in the fucking trenches before. All right? What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode nine of the Breaking the Plane podcast. I'm your host, Burge, here again with my lovely co-hosts, the King Shithead, Joe Sher, and <laughs> Kojak, our producer. Got my name. How you guys doing today? How you guys doing today? Doing phenomenal. A lot better than Sunday. Well, actually, Sunday was a good day, right about uh, 4.05 when Ryland <laughs> ripped that left of the goalpost. That was awesome. Absolutely. I think all of us are rooting for that miss. We'll get into that in a little bit. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? We're, we're recording after Thanksgiving week here. I'm, I'm getting ready to go back to work for the first day tomorrow. I'm dreading it. Oh, wow. But you guys have a good uh, good break? That oh, was a relaxing one. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, uncle who's hosting got COVID, so everything went to shit. And my brother Ooh. and I cooked the entire Thanksgiving meal in the morning of. It took us five nice. hours. Nice. Good for you for stepping up. I don't know if I'd have that. I don't know if I'd have that patience to do it. I'd probably say screw it at that point. Nah. <laughs> Even that Susan. Mother hen instincts taking over. <laughs> well, awesome. Awesome. Glad to hear it, guys. Um, as always, we're brought, brought to you in partnership with the Primetime Productions Group. At Primetime Prods on Twitter or X primetimeproductions.net check it out again we're expanding our gambling content on the website here going forward so be sure to check it out if you like to gamble your money on sports all sports are covered specifically hockey and football are the big ones right now but we will be continuing to expand so be sure to be sure to check it out what a week what a week in the nfl here huh yeah it's uh, it's every week. It's just something. There's always just something. There's always something, dude. I was just, I was getting so fucking mad at Tommy DeVito, and then I realized, dude, I realized halfway through the game, I was like, I'm not mad. I'm fucking jealous. This dude's having the time of his fucking life. And yeah, his dad's throwing up the pizzeria in the fucking 300 sections, dude. <laughs> Facetiming the guys at Barstool when they're in the gambling cave. Like this dude's two and zero as a starter. Like it was, I don't know. From what uh, from Sunday, I don't know. It was a tough day as a Pats fan, but you kind of want him to lose. But Thanksgiving games were fun. The Black Friday game was kind of a dumb, uh, got <laughs> kind of a dud. But uh, all the primetime games were at least competitive. Absolutely, it was kind of awesome to have football on. What four four out of the five days of Thanksgiving break there? Like yeah, dude. Friday, all over dude, the Thursday, place. Friday, college, dude. Yeah, the the game on Saturday. All right, hold on. I know we don't talk college football. Was that a touchdown or was that an interception in the Ohio State Michigan game? Oh, I, you know, I saw this. I was at a friend's giving, so I was like glancing at it. They were all watching it pretty hard. I, I can't remember the play. What was so the actual ruling on the field? Because I agreed with the ruling. It was a touchdown. It was ruled a touchdown. See, I don't agree. So the yeah, same thing. Oh, yeah. So he got over. He got over the line. He bobbed it, and it came out, and the other guy had it. The guy at the end of the play. It, yeah. So it's almost the same thing as like the the AJ Arian Foster was breaking this down on macrodosing and it was he's so right, bro. It's the same thing as the AJ Brown play, dude. The on the in the Eagles game, dude. Like I don't, I think that's an incompletion. And I think that should have been an interception. It's so dumb how the fucking rules change like around the goal line with that shit. Like I remember the Patriots getting fucked a couple years ago with the Hunter Henry one on the on the goal line in, in Minnesota, and it's like it's so weird that like. The rules get so funky around the fucking goal line, dude. They should be exactly the same. Doesn't matter if it's the five yard line or the the one yard line or the goal line. Like it's so See, dumb. It, 
it seems like it should be pretty cut and dry. If you have possession of the ball when you cross that plane, that's it. Over. Done. That should be it. That should be the deciding factor. If you got possession, you cross that line with the ball in your hand. You clearly have the ball in your hand. That should that should end any all discussion uh, as to the play. It should be it. You have to complete it. Whatever. If you have the ball in your possession as you cross that line. And my thing is, is like in that Ohio State game, dude, re reward the player making the better play. The Ohio State defensive player is making a better play, is making a more, is making a tougher, like more, like just arduous play instead of just like running over the goal line like the receiver had. I don't know. I just, I, I, it's just so funny. It's just like something every fucking, there's something every week. It doesn't matter what level of football it is. Mm -hmm. Like you just have something stupid. Like it was not even stupid. It gives us content, which is great. But like, Absolutely. it's just so funny. Like you get something every fucking week, every week. You know, and it's, it's, it seems like the officiating across all sports these days seems like it's so subpar. Like I'm, I'm, I still get surprised by it, but I shouldn't like when I see a blown call happen, I see it in hockey all the time. I see it in football all the time. I'm sure you definitely see it in basketball all the time. I mean, oh. I'm not a big basketball watcher, but I see everybody complain about the refs on a daily basis in basketball. And then, you know, you have the umpires in baseball. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So I think that there is a real officiating problem across all major sports, but definitely like football, hockey for me, see it every game. And it's so frustrating to see when games, games are significantly impacted by these bad blown decisions by the officials. Yeah. And I think in football, I like, so the thing I like in basketball is when you get to the, when you get to the playoffs, when you're in a game that matters, it like a game six or a game seven, like in the NBA, if you're up 2-0, you're going to get no fucking calls. They want mm -hmm. that game to go. They want that to go as long as possible because the best way they can earn revenue is having these extra playoff games. The more playoff games, the more revenue they have. They have your 82 regular season games. They already got their money for that. The more revenue they get out of the postseason is obviously better for their bottom line. So I get that. But like game six and game two, they let them play. And that's why like kind of sucks with football. Like I wish they would just like, dial back the the threshold of or, or maybe dial up the threshold you need to cross for a penalty to be called and then call it consistently every time because i feel like if you throw less if if like the threshold to throw a flag is higher you'll have less flags but they'll be more consistent yeah well consistency is a major problem yeah. across all sports i think that's the biggest problem like you know 100%, 100%. penalties happen penalties happen on every play in football they happen yep. all the time in basketball on fouls you know on shots they happen all the time in hockey and it comes down to the consistency i got no problem if flat if, if infractions are missed if it's cons called consistently across the board the entire game because then you know you're getting a better product i think when you get that but like in hockey once the playoffs start the threshold completely changes. Like they put the whistles away a lot of time, especially like when you get to like overtime, those, oh, those, yeah. those whistles go right away. They, they don't want to insert the themselves. Period. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody has to get hit with an ax to go into the box. Like it's, but it's exactly. That's, see, that's when I start watching hockey is when dudes are losing teeth and fingers and nobody gives a <laughs> fuck, dude. They're like, we're not stopping the, you could lose a limb and we're not stopping this game, dude. It's like, it's like when somebody loses a stick and the ref just picks it up and brings it to the bench when they go down the other end, some guy's fucking kibby and he's just dragging them off the ice. Dude. Yep. It's great. Yep. Well, like you, yeah. dude, it's all consistency, and I think mm -hmm. if you let the, I think if you let more go and you call less, I think it's easier to be consistent. That's just my opinion. Because if you, that's why the NBA is so inconsistent. Is because like the threshold for a foul in the NBA is sometimes just touching, like mm -hmm. literally grazing. Like if somebody's shooting and you graze them, even if they feel it or not, even if it affects the shot or not, that's an automatic foul. 
So like, I know you're trying to be a, make it the most objective as you can. Like if you touch him, it's a foul. If you don't touch him, it's not a foul. Like I get that. But like the, in football, like you could have a hold that doesn't have any bearing on the, on the, on the, on the, on the actual outcome of the play. Like you could have a defensive holding on the other side of the field when like the actual play to be made is like away from that. Like the quarterback didn't even read that. That was mm-hmm. a second read. He went to his first read that got picked off or whatever. You know what I mean? So I feel like, all right, so that didn't affect the outcome of the play. Let's not call that. Or like some of these outside holding calls on these receivers, mm-hmm. like blocking like giant linemen and linebackers. Like, dude, give these guys a fucking chance. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm all for letting the ticky tack bullshit go. Like, I don't care yeah, if it's dude, let them play the little the short, little bro. the little pull on the jersey that doesn't. It, you you can clearly tell that the dude isn't impacted by his motion. Let that go all day. Let or it go the arm across wrap the around on the pi. If you're not turning yeah. him, you have his arm on his back. You know what I mean? You're a professional athlete. You should be able to fight through that. Like, exactly. So I, I'm totally with you on that. But let's get into some some of the football games now. I think we 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 kind of we'll, we'll get into the officiating. I'm sure at some point. Because yeah, I'm sure we'll it, never bitch about that again. It shows up every single week, and I yeah. am one that'll be on Twitter going off about officials in games I don't even care about because I'm sick of seeing it. First game we're going to talk about Thanksgiving Day. The Detroit Lions are finally good. They're finally good. They obviously are hosting Thanksgiving Day like they do every year. They have their division rival, the Green Bay Packers, in town. What do they do? They do what the Detroit Lions do. They lose on Thanksgiving. 29 to 22. Yeah. 29 to 22 to the Green Bay Packers. It was a big game for the Packers to kind of keep their season alive. The Lions had an opportunity to again add to their win total. They didn't do it. What do you think about this game, Joe? Who does it who does this say more about Green Bay or Detroit? Dude, this is the bad time of the season where losing games as a good team is gonna tell us more, way more about you. We were talking to it about with Brandon the other day about how the uh, Miami win against a bad Raiders team tells us more about the Raiders fighting than it does like the Dolphins. Like Dolphins just found a way to win. This is this is even though I'm gonna contradict myself in about 45 minutes here when we get to our picks, but uh this is this is not good, dude. This is not good, dude. The Packers aren't good. They're on a good trajectory right now. Jordan Love is playing playing pretty good, and I think the OC has a good kind of rhythm with him going. Uh, you could you could tell from the first the, the first fucking play of the game, play action, chuck it deep. Uh, I think Watson came down with it. He was he was balling out. So um, I think that the their young wide receivers and their young kind of like skill position players are starting to get some rapport with Love. He had some time. Their defense played pretty well, but dude, Matt. Uh, Jared Goff did not look good at all. The offense looked so disjointed. They couldn't get up and running. They had, I think they had one drive where they went end to end. And it it was just, it's just concerning because they're like a rah, rah, like we need like motivation kind of team. I think we talked about that at the beginning of the year. It's why they're so frigging easy to root for. And it's why this has been a Detroit Lions podcast since its inception is because dude, they're an easy team to root for. They try hard. Their, their, their head coach is entertaining to say the least. So. I think it's concerning when you see a division rival come in on Thanksgiving and kind of like show you up a little bit. I think if they're a good team, I think it, uh, I think it motivates them and uh, they cover this weekend and kind of go forward with a new sense of motivation. Like we don't want another letdown like that, but it is, dude, if I was a Lions fan, I'd definitely be shaking, dude. You just got, you just got sunned by a waxing Gibeus, dude. You got sunned by a waxing Gibeus. You got sunned by a fucking moon dog. Come on, grow up. I mean, they they got punched in the mouth in the first quarter of this game. They got punched in the mouth. They ended the first quarter. They were down twenty to six. 
You have 20 points in the first quarter. Hard to come back from that. They had a pick six there, right? Or a defensive touchdown uh, no, in there? They, um, uh, turnover. They, they had th- Jared Goff fumbled the ball three times in this game. That's what it was. There yeah. was no interceptions, but he fumbled the ball three times. You can't. That's not a recipe for success. It's not a recipe for success. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown was him, you know, in this game for Jared Goff, like he always is. Didn't find pay dirt, but nine receptions for 95 yards on 11 targets is a really, really good day for him. They ran the ball well, too. 140 yards on the ground on 30 carries. So, I mean, you're averaging four and a half yards a carry there between, you know, mainly between Montgomery and Gibbs. I don't, I don't, I see this game, like it could have just been a classic trap kind of scenario for the Lions for me. And why, like, again, when we get to our picks later, we'll, we'll talk about that. But they had, we're in the spotlight. They had a Thanksgiving game. They're finally good. They're leading their division. It seemed like a perfect spot for a letdown. And when you come out and get punched in the mouth in the first quarter like that, it's tough to come back from that. I mean, they, they did claw the way back into the game, you know, be within seven points at the end. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Detroit, but at the same time, like they got a perfect opportunity to bounce back next week. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Real quick before we end this game, I'm going to read you. All right. So they went back and forth, right? Uh, Green Bay scored on their first possession. Uh Detroit scored on their first possession, uh, missed the extra point. Green Bay goes down and scores on their second possession. It's 14-6. These are the next, whatever, five, five-ish uh, Lions drive. Fumble, return for a touchdown. Fumble, lost. Punt, downs, punt. And then they go in the second half, they start out with a touchdown, and they go downs, fumble, downs. Like It's like they're just shooting themselves in the foot. It's like mm-hmm. the old Detroit shit all over again. I thought that Dan Campbell had them a little bit more dialed in, a little bit more of a tight ship. Hopefully, it's a short week, holiday kind of bullshit. But like I said, I think uh, I didn't learn much about the Packers here. I think they're, they're a young, promising team with a young, promising quarterback. They're, they might be they might play spoiler down the stretch. Maybe maybe sneak into a wild card and get waxed by the uh, by the 49ers or the Eagles in that two seed in the, in the first round of the playoffs in that wild card game. So yeah, like we kind of, we like we table it every time says a lot more about Detroit, but uh, I don't think it's, I don't think alarm bells are going off, but I don't think anything's on fire yet. Exactly. I, I I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, another game on Thanksgiving, Joe, you were pretty happy about this one, huh? Yes, sir. 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks in the night game on Thanksgiving. This was all 49ers, man. I mean, Christian McCaffrey balling out as usual. Brock Purdy more or less protecting the ball. He did have an interception in this game. Final score of this game was 31 to 13. Um, It was a good kind of get right game. The 49ers have kind of had their share of hiccups this season. This was a division rival, you know, a, you know, pretty good division rival. I mean, coming into the game, the 49ers are seven and three, the, Seahawks were six and four. So, I mean, this game goes the other way. You're, we're talking about something completely different here. But the 49ers came in and kind of put their stamp down on this. I thought they were they were really well. They played really well here. Christian McCaffrey, dude, if that dude's healthy, like, it's unbelievable so how good, good he is. Dude. Like, of course, two touchdowns in this game. I know he didn't have one last week, and that ended up breaking his, like, consecutive, like, touchdown streak. But Made up for it. Dude, that was an unbelievable trade. For the, for the 49ers to get him when they did last year from the Panthers. And I'm sure Christian McCaffrey is pretty, yeah. he's pretty freaking happy about getting out of Carolina, seeing what Carolina is now. 
So uh, what do you think? What do you think about this game? I think this, uh, this says a lot about the 49ers actually being able to put their stamp down. So out. I haven't heard Brock Purdy's name once in the last two weeks. Haven't heard it once. It's funny how that fucking happens. When you surround him with like all pro talent, he somehow starts playing good again. It's fucking crazy, huh? It's like <laughs> like bringing it back to our basis of every conversation. Who does this say more about? No fucking shit. This tells me more about the Seahawks, dude. We know the 49ers are good with all their pieces, dude. They had all their pieces. You had Debo seven receptions for 80 yards. You had Christian McCaffrey averaging six yards a six yards a carry. And you have Brock Purdy going 21, has nine complete has nine incompletions for 200 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Like, and you win, you win by multiple scores. Like the Seahawks, they could not keep up. I know Geno Smith is injured. Did you see this fucking thing about him laying on the table during the um so you know how the quarterback on these uh on like the primetime games they meet with like the broadcast team? Mm-hmm. I forgot who was doing the game, but they came out and they said like the broadcasters during the game were pretty much like brag well, not bragging, but like being like, Oh, Gino's so tough. He was laying on the conference table in the meeting room with the team trainer getting his rehab in the 15 minutes or 10 or 15 minutes he has with the broadcasting. <laughs> like, dude, how performative can you get, dude? There's 24 hours in a day. You sleep for eight. When you're a professional athlete, you're probably at the facility for maybe 12. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't stay 15 minutes late to not be a jackass or be a fucking hardo douche. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it just reeks, dude. It reeks. It's like they just got rid of an egotistical dickhead. Now – Seems like Gino might be, have a big head after last year, but I don't know. This game, they didn't have um, they didn't have what's his uh, uh, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth, yeah. They didn't have Kenneth Walker. Um, they, nobody really stands out. There, nobody really stands out in the wide receiver core because of how terrible Gino was all day. Eighteen of twenty-seven with a pick, fourteen point nine QBR, seventy rating. Like they just six didn't sacks. play good. Six sacks. I mean, it's hard to play. I mean, like I said, it's hard to play good when the when the pieces around you aren't good. But I mean, when you're douching it up in the broadcast like that, it just makes me so angry. But yeah, like I said, this says more about uh, this says more about the Seahawks. I don't, I, I don't have any confidence in them being anything. I think they need a quarterback. I honestly think the team could be pretty good if they put an elite quarterback in there. Uh, you got to shore up that offensive line. But I think the I think the Seahawks with their aging coach and I would say their younger. Uh, pass catchers and younger skill position players on offense, I think they should be the number one person in the market for that expert veteran QB that comes available a la Aaron Rodgers or some bullshit like that. So I think the Kirk cousin landing spot, I think something like that would be really good for this team. Cause I think that Geno Smith is just one notch below what they really need. They just gave him a pretty decent contract too. Didn't they last after last year? Really? Uh, I, I don't know what it was, but I think they gave him like, it wasn't like a Gino? significant. Yeah. I think it was hundreds like hundred plus. Three year, one hundred and five million dollars. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, dude, dude, no, gonna, no. He's got two. Yeah, two more years after oh this year. Oh my god, a base salary of twenty five million a year. He's got no. a seventeen seventeen point four million dollar dead cap hit. Uh, after if they were going to cut him after next season. So like, Oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. There is, uh, okay. So if they, okay. So if he doesn't get injured and they release him after this year, it's only dead cap, no real money. So, I mean, they could get out from under if they wanted to. They could, it would set them back against the cap a little bit, I think, to be able to pay somebody, but we all, we all know that the cap is absolute garbage. They can manipulate that in any different way. 
I think the reason why this game says more about the 49ers for me is because I'm just not a believer in that Seahawks team. I just, it's just something about them. They have so much talent at the wide receiver position and even in the running back room. Now, you know, when Kenneth Walker's healthy, Zach's Zach Charbonnet is a solid, you know, change of pace kind of guy. And I don't know, maybe it's just the Geno Smith. I just think of him with the jets and that's kind of why like, Oh, maybe last year was just a fluke. And I just this never was really a believer in what they're doing. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they, they can, they're still in a position, I believe right now in the play in a playoff position right now, they're in the six seed currently. So they still make it in the playoffs and you never know any given Sunday, that kind of deal, they could make us make some noise. I, I don't see it, but you never know. Fucking DK Metcalf had three receptions for 32 yards on nine targets. Brutal. That's brutal. nine. <laughs> My fantasy team felt that, one, by the way. My fantasy team felt that one. So you don't get points for targets when they throw and he doesn't catch it? We should get points for that. Yeah. But we I don't mean, know. Meta. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Yeah. Let's... yeah. They well, fucking, I, I think, I think Seattle Loki sucks, but well, that is yeah. a story for you. I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you 100% of the way. Let's move on to the next game we want to talk about here. That's that's. Uh, I'll let you take the uh, take the reins on this one, Joe, because this is the game you want to talk about the most. So go for it. Chiefs Raiders, thirty-one seventeen. Chiefs oh. over the Raiders. I just had the deer in the headlights. Like, uh. oh, so Raiders <laughs> go up fourteen nothing. Uh, KC comes back and win. K- comes back and wins. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's been two or three weeks in a row that I've been on the KC train. Uh, I know they lost to Philly, but dude, they they've been playing in. Uh, They've been playing in. uh, They've been playing uh, horrible on offense, but still manufacturing some wins in the last couple weeks. Um, There was some stats about their offensive ineptitude, like they hadn't scored a touchdown in so many drives, or had so many. I I forget what it was, but they were down fourteen to nothing and end up uh, coming back and scoring. I think it was. It ended up at some at one point. It was like thirty unanswered points or something like that. They 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 were down four. They were down fourteen and they ended up winning by thirteen or something like that. But I think this says a lot more about the forty nine. Uh, a lot more about KC. We already knew we we know what the Raiders are. They're a limited team that's mm-hmm. trying hard right now for an interim head coach. I think KC, if they can somehow keep this offense going, which is kind of crazy after the last couple of years when you think about KC, but if they could somehow keep this offense going, they got Rishi Rice going. I think he's one of their rookie wide receivers. He had a mm-hmm. really good game. I think if Mahomes could find that other alternate pass catcher that's not Travis Kelsey that you can go to on third downs and move the chains to add to, so you can't keep, so you can't key in on everything. Stupid ESPN playing an ad right every time. <laughs> every <on> time, <laughs> so aggravating, dude. So aggravating. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think that now I totally lost my train of thought. But I think Casey this year, I think they're maybe not the juggernaut they usually are, but I think they can win. They can win in multiple different ways. Mahomes look really good. Their pass catchers look really good. I think they have a really solid defense. They got punched in the mouth early, but they really responded. They ended up getting after the quarterback in the second half when they were trying to make the when uh, kind of the Raiders were back against the wall trying to make a comeback. So. I know this is kind of shooting at a lame duck here, but I do think that this is a positive sign for KC. Beating a bad team in a certain way is all; it can sometimes be a positive, uh, more than just act, more than just getting the win. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, seeing Rasheed Rice get eight receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. I mean, is he is he kind of cementing himself as kind of the number one guy there, number one receiver? I should say, not number one guy, but number one receiver in that room. Mm. 
as a rookie. I mean, it seems like I've heard his name a few times this year. He hasn't been like spectacular, but he's shown mm. up in moments. And then this was, this was an outstanding game for him. I mean, Pacheco finding the end zone twice as well is, is a very positive uh, sign for them. Uh, they didn't really run the ball that well, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, when I was looking at the ticker, I didn't watch this game, but I was looking at the ticker as it went by and I'm like, Oh, the Raiders are up 14, nothing on the chiefs. Oh boy. The Raiders are really playing for Antonio Pierce down there. And I, I, I think that's still is, is a, as a factual statement. They're, they're playing hard for that guy down there at, you know, once McDaniels got fired and, you know, with a rookie quarterback and Aiden McConnell, he had a, you know, say what you want about it, but like he had a pretty decent day, you know, serviceable to say the least. dude. Absolutely. I mean, spreading the ball around to, you know, his three receivers, you know, Myers Adams and Hunter Renfro, they all had at least four catches, in the game. What was the tiff between McDaniels and Renfro? The dude didn't play, and then the last two weeks he's been on the field like all the time. Doesn't make any know. sense. I don't know, but I wish my Patriots made a call to Josh McDaniels when he was still there to be like, "Hey, you want to send him our way?" Because I would love to have Hunter, Hunter Renfro in New England. There's dude. another Raiders wide receiver that's really good that I think the Patriots had a shot. Uh, at. Yeah, yeah, they had a real good shot, right? Yeah, a shot at making him he, a Patriot for life. He's an undrafted bum. We don't need him. Yeah, just your your just your fragile ass quarterback's fucking safety blanket. All right, well let's not let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, dude, Mahomes, bro, 20, 27. I'm just fine. I finally got the stats going again after friggin' ESPN was just destroying my earlobes. But twenty seven and thirty four, two hundred ninety eight yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Mm -hmm. Like. That's what you want. That's what you want your quarterback to do. Like, like you can't get better than this guy, dude. He's so fun to watch, bro. I hate that he's fun to watch. I really do because I hate his family. <laughs> dude, you know what the worst thing is, dude? Is bro, obviously we're huge Tom Brady honks. Like, there's we don't have to. That's uh, that's an understatement. But dude, there is something annoying about him being fun to watch, and he wins a bunch of games. Like, they mm -hmm. win. Bro, they win. They have two Super Bowls. They fucking win, dog. And when they don't win the Super Bowl, they're in the fucking AFC Championship game. They're deep in the playoffs. And Mahomes, it looks it looks cool. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, sometimes, dude, Tom would kill you by a thousand paper cuts. So, I, I totally agree that some some of those Super Bowls were stinkers at times because it was just so monotonous and so, mm -hmm. like, methodical. But Mahomes is like, Back pedal, back pedal, back pedal. Throws with his left hand, like catch. Like it's just, I don't know. It's so fun to watch. It is fun to watch, but I there's part of me that just fucking despises it, dude. Like the the no look pass. Like I, I it, the fact that that actually works drives me up a freaking wall. I'm like, <laughs> dude, like back in my day, we exactly. Looked at I'm an old man. Receiver. I'm Ray. an old man. I'm an old man. I don't want to see that showboating crap because that's what it looked. That's what it comes off as to me comes off as a showboating type play, but it freaking works. And that's what kills me. It kills me when that happens. But you're but you're spot on with everything you said there. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think that, and we'll get into this when we start talking about, you know, our, our lovely playoff picture segment. I think that with, you know, what happened with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, I think that the path for Mahomes to get back to the Super Bowl again is pretty, pretty clear and easy. And it bugs the piss out of me. It bugs the piss out of me. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I do want to move on to another team that bugs the piss out of me. And that's the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Screw you, Buffalo. You guys had two 10-point leads in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road, in the rain, and you couldn't close the deal. 
you couldn't close the deal. I unfortunately missed like 90% of that overtime because I was, you know, doing bedtime with my, my three kids. I, I, I got to see the end of the game where Hertz Probably ran that in there. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're going to talk about tonight, yeah, that's what it was. But that night was not like that. That night was a lot more simple. So it was a lot easier. I felt my phone in my pocket buzzing at me and I'm like, oh, my buddy's texting me that Buffalo just won or that they screwed up Josh Allen through a pick or something like that. I'm like, oh, it's killing me right now, but I can't rush this. But dude, that was a really, really entertaining game to watch from start to finish. I watched this game from start to finish. It was very, very entertaining. Um, I love seeing Josh Allen throw a pick that left Philly back in the game. I freaking love that. I absolutely love that. And, you know, the Bills, this was a big game for Buffalo more than it was for Philly. Buffalo is now sitting at 6-6. and They end up losing this game 37-34 in overtime. By the way, I missed my lock by a half a point because they don't kick the extra point when they they win in overtime. Probably the best-case scenario for me. Like Buffalo loses, you're happy, but you lose your pick. So I get you get you agitated again. It's a nice, nice, nice parallel 50 50 there. Oh, Buffalo lost. Oh, wait, I'm actually mad because they covered. I'll, I'll, I'll punt my I'll punt my pick and be happy. Buffalo lost at the end of the day. Let's oh, be yeah. real. Dude, they're, dude real. they're fucking one and four on the road, dude. They, they're you know Josh just, Allen's uh, 0 and 6 in uh, overtime. Uh, oh, I was I was going at <laughs> Buffalo fans on Twitter about that after the He's game, dude. I was going Change the rules. You still can't fucking win. Literally. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, I, it says a lot about Buffalo in this game. I mean, they had Philly. They, their defense was containing Philly for a majority of this game. Yeah. I mean, it just it seemed like, you know, there was a play, I think, um, on the last drive for the Eagles to come back and tie it, where Buffalo kind of gave away, like, you know, Jalen Hurts had everybody spread out, and, and Buffalo was kind of giving the middle of the field. So, like, Jalen Hurts sees that. He's like, I'm going to take off with this ball. He had timeouts in their pocket. I'm going to take off with it and see if I can get a chunk chunk play. And I think it was Ed Oliver crashed that down. Dude, I think he stopped Jalen yeah. Hurts for like a yard or yep. two gain. I was like, that was an unbelievable play. Unbelievable play design because I think they knew what was going to happen. Unbelievable play design. And uh, an unbelievable play by Ed Oliver forced Philly to waste the timeout at that point. And then, you know, Let's talk about that field goal, man. That was a ballsy ass kick. Yeah, and that was fucking sweet. I was watching was, that on my phone at Men's League. I was like, I, "There's no way he makes this." I almost like I didn't think he did either. Like, ah. I didn't. I didn't think he was gonna make it either. But Jason yeah. Kelsey taking two false start penalties. The veteran All Pro center that's elite has a podcast and he's a big deal. His brother's dating Taylor Swift, and dude, he makes the little the little shutter. That's all it was. It was a little. It was a little move. It wasn't like he jumped, but it was like this little move where he was off. Something was off, set the team back 10 yards, forced Jake Elliott to go out there and have to kick a 59-yard field goal in the rain, and he freaking nailed it. I mean, it was close. I didn't, Isn't Philly that. real grass, too? Like, I think so. 59 yeah. yards in the rain on real grass? Like, that's fucking impressive. Like, I was watching the kick go to him. Like, ooh, it looks like it's got enough, and it's like it's like teetering, sneaks right in the corner of the upright. I was like, that was one of the ballsiest kicks that I think I've seen this year. Unbelievable kick to send his team to overtime. I, I Again, I missed the overtime, so I think Buffalo – did they punt back and forth a few times? Or did Buffalo no, they had a field no. goal. Yeah, they obviously the, did. Buffalo yeah. had a field goal in their first drive, and then Philly came and won it with yeah. the Jalen Hurts running. Yeah. Absolutely. They almost won the game, but Gabe yeah. Davis ran the wrong way. Ran the wrong route, yeah. And they would have won that game. Brad's just going to put that on the quarterback. 
It absolutely is on the quarterback. Everything <laughs> falls on the quarterback. Everything falls on Josh. I don't Allen, give a dude. fuck. That was just funny. Um, so I'm looking at the dude. I'm looking at the drive log for uh, uh, Buffalo's touchdown to come uh, to go ahead in the fourth quarter before Philly kicked the, t- the tying field goal. Listen to the li- so they have Josh, Josh Allen right. The franchise based around Josh Allen. Listen to this. Listen to this. Fucking listen to these plays. James Cook up the middle. James Cook around left end. Latavius Murray up the middle. Latavius Murray off right guard. Latavius Murray off left guard. Pat Josh Allen short pass. Josh Allen short pass. Uh, Johnson up the middle. Two-minute warning. James Cook off left guard. Timeout. And then a pass for a touchdown. Like, all of that drive is running the fucking ball. Which, in, in, you know, to, to Buffalo's defense, like, that's what they need to do. They need, exactly. to, take that, they need exactly. to take that off Josh Allen. But Josh Allen's throwing a pick in that situation. You have to get him down the field mm-hmm. and be like, all right, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck All right, we're in the red zone. Here's the ball. Like, that's all you have. Like, I don't know. Sometimes it's simple sitting on the couch, but, like, when you're in the heat of the moment, you're like, oh, we have fucking Josh Allen. Why the hell aren't we throwing the ball? But it's like sometimes you got to save guys from themselves. But but a lot of this – I got to talk I gotta talk about Jalen Hurts when you're done, too. I gotta yeah, yeah, I'll, give it, I'll give you the four in a minute here. But, like, Buffalo, it's the same story with them. Josh Allen's their leading rusher. That's not a recipe for success with that team, the way that team is constructed. Like they need, they need like an elite running back in there. Like why they weren't hammering the door down with the Giants trying to get Saquon Barkley in there or anything like that. Like I'm happy they didn't, believe me. Bro, even believe a Raheem me. Mosert type. Like exactly. a serviceable three down back that can catch, that can run between the tackles and catch balls out of the backfield. I think they, they were hoping Damian Harris was kind of going to be that guy because Damian Harris was a pass catcher, but you know, in college came into New England, did it a little bit. And then he was more of a, you know, between the tackles kind of guy. He obviously gets hurt. He obviously gets hurt. And now they got a, you know, James cook is a, is a decent running back. I mean, he averaged only 2.7 yards per carry in this game. That's not good. That's not effective enough. And, you know, you got a, you got a couple of retreads in Latavius Murray and Ty Johnson. Like I didn't even know Ty Johnson was on Buffalo. Uh, Yeah. I was I was like, who the fuck is TJ? I'm like, holy shit, that's Ty Johnson. That's exactly what that's what I was like. Who the hell is this Johnson guy? And that was the first name that came to mind. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's Ty Johnson. Wow. I can't believe that they got this guy from I think he was with the Jets, right? He was with the Jets. Yes. Yeah. So like they still got to figure that out. I mean, they did average 4.3 yards a carry, but I mean, outside of Josh Allen, you're averaging like three yards a carry between their running backs. Like, that's not a recipe for success. I don't care who your quarterback is. It doesn't matter. And then, you know, one of and one of these times, Josh Allen's going to take a hit on when he's running the ball, and he's going to get hurt. I think it's going to happen. I don't. I'm not wishing it to happen. I'm not wishing anybody to get hurt. Let me just throw that disclaimer out there. But it's more like, fun when he loses than when he's not on the when he's on the sidelines, dude. Exactly. It's more fun when he loses when he's playing. But like, uh, he take he he doesn't slide. He 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 looks for the contact. And as he gets older, that's going to be – he can't he can't continue playing like that as he gets older. Hopefully he does the Randall Cunningham route where Randall was like more of a two, like a dual threat guy and, the, or, and Mike Vick, dude. Those both mm-hmm. the guys were like really, really run-oriented earlier in their career and turned into prolific passers. So I think he has the arm to do it. I just – you got to, dude. He's – it's fucking scary watching him drop back if you're a Bills fan in, the, in like the tight games. You know what I mean? But um, I want to switch to the other quarterback in this game. I don't want to come off as a Jalen Hurts hater. I'm a Philly hater. I hate your whole fucking team. I'm not seeing one player out. He is not the most valuable player in the league. He's not the most valuable player on the team. He's not the most valuable player on his side of the ball. 
there's two offensive linemen and two wide receivers that are more valuable than he is. I would say one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you Devontae Smith. I'm keeping A.J. Brown. And then you go on that there's, there's two other players on the defensive line that you could say are more valuable to the team. We got to change this to the quarterback award or the fucking Tom Brady award. Because, first of all, how is Tyreek Hill, who's closing in on 2,000 receiving yards in what, 12 games, 11 games, is not your is not your is not your fucking MVP MVP favorite. How are we not how are we not hammering Christian McCaffrey here? Oh, you, like oh, same thing, same thing. Fucking point, dude. I'm the, with you. Jalen Hurts' signature play is another man pushing him from behind forward. <laughs> it's not his. It's not his own doing. It is a collective team effort. If you wanted to put, if you wanted to put the the Eagles. Offensive line as the uh, as the uh, the NFL MVP, I would be more behind that than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I have been on this podcast before. I am a I love Jalen Hurts. I love what he stands for. He's a smart, well spoken young athlete. I love that dude. He is he is a he is a he is a social justice warrior. He has an all female team. He is a brilliant. Brilliant, smart, and driven young man. He is an excellent NFL player. He's a great quarterback. He is not the most valuable player in the league. He is not the most valuable player on his team. He's not even the most valuable player on his side of the ball. It's getting so fucking aggravating. Like the whole, like the whole Tua for MVP at the beginning of the season when those odds first started coming out. I'm like, are you fuck? Are we watching the goddamn games? So sometimes I feel like it's a paradox. Like the the Vegas puts the lines out there. Because they're like, voters are going to vote for quarterbacks and who they think is most important. And then the voters then see the lines and they're like, oh, my peers are thinking X, Y, and Z. When it's not. It's a bunch of fat, greasy guys in Vegas making the lines. So it it just baffles me that it comes to it's 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 a fucking quarterback award. It's so aggravating. I understand that the league is quarterback-centric, but valuable, valuable. Dude. Brock Purdy is the is 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 the quarterback of one of the best teams in the fucking league, and he isn't even top five in his on his side of the ball in most important people on that mm-hmm. team, dude. Just because Jalen Hurts is the one who holds the ball when his team pushes him into the end zone doesn't mean he's valuable. What aren't the everybody around him who isn't holding the ball is just as valuable in that situation? And it's like, dude, he didn't have a great game, dude. 18 of 31 for 200 yards, three, three, three passing touchdowns. Okay. With a pick, dude. It, but it's like two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. But, dude, who, but who cares? One of them, one of them, the, the second one the game in overtime. Was it yeah. the game winner? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll give you that. Well, but what I'm saying is, is on aggregate, in totals, on average, like there, he is not the most valuable player in the league. It's just, he's the best. He's, I guess, the best player. Like, the best player on the best team, you know what I mean? But he's surround what he is surrounded by. That I think, like, if Brock Purdy didn't have all these injuries and kept playing great, dude, I think he would have snuck into the conversation. Same with Tua. Like, if Tua kept on the pace he was at the beginning of the season and it didn't drop a couple games that they shouldn't have, I think he's in the same. So it's like these guys who aren't even the best player on their fucking team are, are like becoming the most valuable player and getting this award. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't well, at all. I think that that graphic you shared on 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 Twitter earlier. I think Brock Purdy was like number five on that list. Was plus, he all plus right. fifteen hundred? Like okay, like yeah, he was one of the guys. He was like the last guy on that list that you that you had sent sent out or commented. I can't remember what it was, but like, dude, I'm I, I will beat the beat the 
desk to support what you're saying right now. I mean, if I'm going to pick a quarterback right now who is going to be the MVP, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. It has to be. I mean, I, I'd pick him over Mahomes right now. I'd pick him over, you know, two all those guys. Just because, like, dude, like, everything you just said, like, the dude is is great. Like, he scores all the time. Yeah, of course, he gets pushed in by his own guys. But, like, I'm sick and tired of this MVP award being a quarterback award. Like, you want to you wanna come up with a quarterback award? Fine. How many times have these quarterbacks won this award? I think the last guy to – to, to win an MVP that wasn't a quarterback. I might've been like 2010 and it was like Adrian Peterson won it and he was a beast. I, I would, I would vote if I actually, somebody actually gave me the dunce that I Bro, am. It was would Adrian vote? Peterson in 2012, 11 oh, fucking yeah. years ago. It was 11 years. Like if somebody wants to give this idiot right here on this mic right now, a vote for the MVP, I'm voting for Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey. They're far more important to, their teams than any of these quarterbacks are. I mean, you could argue Mah- the Mahomes if Mahomes isn't there. In Mahomes, KC, if it was an like, actual most valuable player, actually, it would be Mahomes every fucking year. Just like, like it would have been Tom Brady every year. Yeah. Just like it should have been Jordan every year and LeBron every year. If we're talking actual meaning of the words in the award, it's mm-hmm. it's Mahomes every fucking year. Like, I would love to see, like, there's there's times where you have these elite defensive players even come in. And they they have these outstanding seasons. Look at like like when Michael Strahan broke the sack record, or and, when Khalil Mack went nuts yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like those guys are. If you want to talk about the most valuable player in the league, the most valuable guy to their team, you want to take it at its at its definition. It's I. It may be a majority of the time the quarterback, but like a lot of the times it's not. And I, I, I dude, I think it was might have been a year or two. I forget who it was who I said who I was hammering down. As the MVP, it might have even been CMC at that point with Carolina. Like, it doesn't even need to be a successful like team for me. If you're going to determine a most valuable player, if your team stinks and you have a guy that carried you to like five, six wins, and it, without him, you're winning one or two. Like, that's a definition of a most valuable player to me. They want to come up with a new award, like you said, name it the Tom Brady Award. I think that'd be perfect way to honor that guy's legacy. Like. Fine, make it the quarterback and make that the, the big award for the year. Like that's the big one, like that the league wants to promote. Fine. But don't don't sit here and disguise that most valuable player as the best the 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 quarterback of the best team in the league. Like yeah. that's that's basically what it is at this point. Like every well, you, time you every time you hear Josh Allen's much. name, you hear Josh yeah. Allen's name thrown around, dude has led the league in turnovers since he was drafted. That's not a that's not a valuable part of your of your team. If he's going to sit here and turn the ball over all the time, like I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing that. Like, all right, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I stepped on you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, not, I love the passion dog. It just feels, it feels nice not being the only one pissed off. Um, <laughs> but so, dude, the top six are all quarterbacks. So it's Jalen hurts. Number one at plus plus one fifty, which is like shitty fucking odds, dude. That's like basically, that's basically as low as odds will get at this mm-hmm. time of year. Plus, like, that's basically even money. You got Mahomes at plus 350, Dak and Lamar at plus 600, and then Tua and Brock Purdy. Tua at plus 800, Brock Purdy at plus 1,400. Maybe that's why I didn't even see Brock Purdy because he's so <laughs> yeah. Like, how far away he is from the top, even though he's, the, he's tied for – or he's in six. But, dude – Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are 10 times more valuable to their team than Jalen Hurts is. I don't care what anybody says. Like, well, imagine if you took Lamar fucking Jackson off the fucking, uh, off the Ravens. Imagine if you, you take the best backup in the league and put him on the Ravens right now. 
You win eight games, nine games, tops. Lamar Jackson has his team, hey, what are they, eight and three? Fucking number one in the AFC right now? Dude, John, Har- John Harbaugh counts for two or three wins there. I agree. I agree. But then, dude, dude ugh, all right, whatever. This, this <laughs> argument gets me so goddamn angry, dude. It gets me so goddamn angry. Because, like, dude, the only real MVP left is the one in hockey. I don't even know what the fuck they call it. It's like some kind of fucking Oof. Lady Bing. Who the fuck is Lady Bing? No, like, no, that's not the name of the trophy. That's not the name of the trophy. Kojak, I'm not lying, dude. That's that is a trophy. A that's, that is a trophy. That is a trophy is Lady Bing? Lady Bing, dog. She was nasty in that, bro. It's it's, it's the Hart Memorial Who Trophy staff, for MVP. Dude. It's the Hart Memorial Trophy in hockey. Hart Memorial, okay. It's basically like the big better. Now, but... <laughs> but like I think like dude in 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 basketball it's basically now it's a center award it's basically in Embiid and Jokic going back and forth and Giannis had it before that and in baseball it's going to be Otani it should be Otani and it's going to be Otani Trout and then they have all those NL guys but in the in the NFL it's all it's just a quarterback award it's just a fucking quarterback award it's so annoying it's it's annoying it's annoying I agree and just so you know the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy is given to the player who has exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly (laughs) conduct Combined with the high standard of playing ability, my millennial ass. Of course, that's my favorite. Who, my yeah, uh, my favorite award in hockey is the participation award. It's not a participation Lady award. You still got to be good. You still got to be good. You still who won it be last good. year? It, wait, time out. Time, uh, okay, I know him. Who won it? Time out. Time out. Year before that, if Kojak knows who it is, legit award. If Kojak doesn't know who it is, not legit award. He's not gonna know who it is, bro. Is I can't it? even spell it, hockey. Yeah, he he. Says EY. I, I, <laughs> yeah, nobody. Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. I don't. Know oh yeah, that's is. that's who I was gonna say. <laughs> Dude, didn't uh, didn't who was it? Didn't Blake Wheeler go to the Winnipeg Jets and turn into like a pretty good player? Dude, he was their captain for like a decade. Really? Yes. He. I love he, that. He won, like, the, he won with the team in 2011, right? No, he was traded away from the team in 2011 for guys that were huge. Was that the Madonna or the Richie trade? What? Wasn't the Madonna <laughs> and the Richie trade right at the beginning of that? Or was that 2010? What are you talking 2009? about? 2009. Well, who's they the traded... Richie? Are you talking about Nick Richie? No, it was what are you talking back... about? Mark Richie. Mark Recky. Mark Recky. Mark Recky. Mark God. Mark Recky. <laughs> he was Mark the year Recky, before. If you're listening, come on the pod. He was the year before. No, he was traded for Rich Peverly. Remember, remember him, the guy who had a heart attack on the bench and came back in and played a couple years later. Came back in. Yep. yep. Rich Peverly, yep. and then there was somebody else I got for him too. But yeah, he was part of that. Who was the guy that uh, skated on it? Who was finished a power play with a broken? Greg Campbell. Campbell. Dude, Kojak, this dude broke his fucking leg. Broke his, his ankle. Leg. Yeah, his, he his, broke his like, ankle shin, and then played for two more minutes to kill a penalty, and then skated off. Damn. We're we're built different. Ooh. Including well, me. You're a goalie. You're a goalie. So there's a screw loose. So oh. that that oh. explains it. <laughs> that's, always, that's always the excuse. I'm a proud right. goalie. I can say that. All right. Let's move on to the to the hot topic. The hot topic. Joe, you go ahead. You go first. I'll give you the I'll give you the reins first here. You got a lot to say about this. All right. So um the Patriots played a football game this weekend. Was it a football and- game? And it was a Big Ten football game. They've been relegated to the Big Ten East. It was a lacrosse score final. They just lost to Iowa this weekend, 10-7. to 7. 
Iowa's now going on to the Big Ten championship game to play Michigan. No, in all seriousness, that was the most that was the most depressing thing I've ever had to sit through for three hours. Um, I did watch the Titanic all the way through, and this was still much worse than seeing how big that fucking door was that she would not let Leonardo DiCaprio on. I I I I saw Mac Jones throw a fade route at the 40-yard line to a tight end on an out route. I saw Bailey Zappi. Um, uh, no, I don't. I don't want to bring that up yet. I saw Mac Jones throw ten yards short of a receiver and have a uh, picks and have an interception again. Triple coverage. I saw, I saw Juju Smith-Schuster screaming at one of the most esteemed members of the uh, coaching staff in Troy Brown. Um, it's bad. It's bad. I wish it was fun. Bad. I really wish it was fun bad. It's not fun bad. It's 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 depressing. It's it's as 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 Brando would say. It's where are my razor blades bad? I had my belt and shoelaces confiscated at halftime. That's how fucking bad this was. I think my overarching thing on the Patriots is lose, play everybody you can, just just lose out. And I I I, I want them to fire Belichick, but it's like if you don't fire Belichick, like. I'm going to have to watch next year. And it's just so frustrating. Like, yeah, they, my opinion is they need a clean house. If they want to go with Mayo, they got a clean house with everybody else on the, on the regime from Belichick and let him bring in his own guys. I want them to go. If I had, if I had a gun to my head, I want to go get Ryan day. I want to go get this guy from, uh, I want to go get the OC from Houston. I want maybe the OC from green Bay. I want to, I, you need to do something different, especially, especially, if you're going to have the number one, two, or three pick, Chicago might not draft a quarterback. First of all, why? 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 Justin Fields is not a franchise player. You have the number one and the number four pick. Pick a fucking quarterback. But I think the Patriots might have the pick of the litter at the quarterback position if they get the, the second pick. Um, I just don't feel very confident in this current regime as it's set up to nurture a quarterback and, like – put them in the best position to succeed. If you're going to dump a top five pick into a quarterback, you have to do something to help them. You, you just fucking have to. You it's I'm so I'm just broken, dude. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it, it, I, I don't even have the, I, I'm trying so hard not to get worked up right now. I've been doing so good. I've been practicing my breathing all day. I had my takes laid out in my head and I forget all of them. I forget all of them. It's so frustrating, dude. And then fucking Bill O'Brien comes out and falls on the sword. And like all these people, they, dude, it's 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 <laughs> frustrating to the point where I feel as if I am being trolled. Like they had to, they had to have, they Bill had to have done this to make Mac look the way he did. Tank for a top pick. No, he's locked in for another season. Knows Kraft doesn't want to pay two court two two head coaches at the same time. They like this is where I'm at. I'm at conspiracy levels because of how fucking distraught I am over the state of my football team. It, it it's it's frustrating because there's so many like little glimpses of good shit. Demario Douglas goes out with a head injury. Like there's all this glimpsing. We have Christian Gonzalez has the best three and a half games of any rookie in Patriots history. It's like. There's all these little glimpses, and they all get fucking shit on. They all get fucking cut apart, shoved down my throat, shit down my neck. Dude, it's so fucking 
it, it's it's we're getting to a point where there needs to be changes. It's not going to happen until the end of the year. And as a Patriots fan, I'm going to have to hold it together until we can get to the end of the year for those changes to be made. Because I'm I I went from fuck Bill to he deserves a legacy and he deserves a sanctity of a of, of a of a of a of a of a gracious exit. He's doing everything in his fucking power to push me out of that camp. He is doing Brother, he I'm drafted, here for it. He drafted a kicker and then threw him under the bus on morning radio. You draft you drafted the wrong guy and then killed whatever confidence he has left on on radio in like during an interview. Like what are he has he has to be trolling me specifically. He has to. He has to be trolling. It, there, it's almost like every single time there's something to be done, the exact opposite of what needs to be done is done. Okay, we have a young quarterback. Doesn't matter how good it is. He Max sucks. We're not going to argue about that. He's bad. He's not good. He's not good anymore. He was maybe at one time, but he's not anymore. He's done. It's kaputs. Why not? Why not try to surround your asset with like? like good players why not try to maybe have an influx of new ideas into the into the coaching tree instead of bringing back everybody else i think that i think you're going to get to this i think craft i've totally turned i think craft is way more culpable than i think he is i think he forced his hand with bill now bill's being fucking petty about the whole mac thing sabotaging mac getting this top pick knowing that craft's going to still pay him so he's going to have to start over with his guy his guy next year, and he'll show he'll show Kraft to not meddle in the football uh, in the in the football world with him. So, do I agree that's the right way to go? But like Kraft has to have some culpability here, man. You if you fuck if you did what you wanted to do, and the guy that you put in charge of your football program sabotaged that, you need to get rid of him. You need to fire him, and you need to make an example out of him that that shit doesn't fucking fly. See. I'm going to take a little bit different approach here. You, you probably expected that, right? No. Yeah, no <laughs> that 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 game on Sunday was fun bad. It was fun bad for me. I knew it was going to be bad going in, so all I could do is just sit there and laugh. Would you have a fucking I, clown in your living room next to the TV making you laugh? I, I wish I did, but my wife, my, my wife would divorce me if I had a clown in my living room, all right? <laughs> she would divorce me. She's terrified of clowns, all right? Oh, really? Oh, terrified. Yep. Yeah, low key, yep. low key. I don't fuck with clowns. Birds of yep. play, birds of prey, and clowns. Not a big fan. <laughs> my my thing here, we 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 won't we won't debate Mac. Mac Jones sucks. We agree with that. I'm sick it's, of it's, sick and tired of time. of watching Just him play. Out. That's my big thing. Get out of my, my big face. thing. My big thing is I'm sick and tired of watching him play. And watching him play in this first half of this game, the dude. And I know I've said this before on this pod. The dude should never play, throw another pass in a Patriots uniform. He should be done. I don't even care if I got to watch Zappy throw four picks a game for the rest of the year. Fine, they're gonna lose. They're gonna get us to that. Get us to that. Uh, that that top pick. Fine. I was a little bit irked that they waived Will Greer on Saturday before this game because, again, I've been sitting here on this podcast. I want to see that dude play in a game. I want to. I want him given a chance. What do they do today? Today. Recording day, Monday, November 28th. They're signing him back to the practice squad. Tuesday. Tuesday. Sorry. Whatever. It's fine. My days are all messed up. Tuesday. Dude, he, he zappied him. He zappied him. He zappied him. Get this dude 
in some regular season snaps. Get him the snaps. They're going to lose either way. They're going to lose either way, no matter who's playing quarterback for this team. See if you have something in Will Greer that you can bring him back next year and for years beyond. Whether he's going to play or not, we I'm not going to argue that because I don't think he should be on this year unless, unless he comes in and starts actually going on a run and winning five or six games, which none of us want to see. But that dude needs to be given some snaps. I don't want to hear about Malik Cunningham because, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to see him take some more snaps at quarterback, but he clearly has not been prepared enough to be a quarterback in the, you know, in the regular season right now. He's been taking most of his snaps at receiver. He's getting some looks at quarterback, but not enough. And I'm not willing to throw him out there if they think they might have something in that player to be, you know, a, a wide receiver or a gadget kind of player. I don't want to see him, you know, get macked out there where, you know, his confidence gets completely shot because he's making mistakes left and right. But I was one of those guys in this game where I was like, dude, I hope this guy misses the kick. He better miss it. He better miss it. He better miss it. And when I watched that thing go around, dude, I, I, you probably had a different reaction to me, dude. I got up and I was like, let's go. And I laughed. I'm like, this is I was is just, just happy I didn't have to sit more through 10 more minutes of that fucking game. Me too. I was like, I don't want to watch any more of this game. I don't want yeah. to watch it. No. And he missed the kick. And he saw the look on Bill's face like he was disgusted. But like, he, I, I, I'll play the conspiracy theorist. I think he was probably told to miss the kick. If you want no, to be that way. Every, every kick, every kick this year, he's missed left. Every single kick. He's missed Fine, the same. But I think there was something that might have been in his head. Like, hey. Fucking 40-yard field goal. Something came down to, to miss the kick. But Robert Wait, Kraft, hold on one second before you get off the field goal. Did you see the guys in the Mac Jones jerseys right behind the field goal that started no. going nuts when they figured out he missed it? <laughs> dude, they were like this. That. And then you could see one of the guys look down and look at the ref going like this. And then he turns to his buddy, dude, and they're all high five and going nuts <laughs> that they fucking lost the game. I was like, that would be me and Burge in the game that right now. Me and you right now. Me and you would be like <laughs> – trying to make him miss it yep yep absolutely absolutely but no i i i agree with what you said about robert Kraft. the dude is not getting enough of the uh criticism i think at this point it's all falling on totally bill agree. and the coaching staff I totally agree robert that, Kraft, now i'm I, now i'm thinking he's getting another year because Kraft he, is like damn i got no culpability here i think he deserves another year and I know we disagree on this. You and I go back and forth on this all the time. Doing a lot of heavy lifting there, my friend. Fine, I'll I'll change the word. He, I don't think that they bring in anybody (laughs) better for another year. Bring in him, but there's got to be changes, and that's going to fall on Robert Kraft to make those changes. It's going to fall on him to you know you want to say freaking put the governor on Bill, be like, hey, this is this is the way it's going to be. You don't want to do it. You don't want to be that way. Take a hike. Kraft has got to have the set of balls to be able to do that. And I've been clear with you. We've, we've, we've agreed a little bit on Bill Belichick, I think. We agree that his drafting has sucked. His GM ability has been god-awful. Trading out Jacoby Myers for Juju Smith-Schuster was an awful, awful, awful decision. I think we agree on that. I still believe that him as a head coach and with his hands in the defense is better than the alternative. I still believe that because I still think the guy can coach the way that he has. I don't think he has had a very good evaluation process for the guys that he's surrounding himself with because the guys that are on staff, you know, there's nepotism running left and right. You know, you got ex players in there and say what you want about Juju going after Troy Brown. I think Troy Brown has done a terrible job this year with the guys that are in the locker room. 
I thought this wide receiver core was going to be a lot better, a lot better. They had a lot more talent in that room than what they're showing on the field right now. And I think that say what you want about Juju Smith-Schuster, dude. Yeah, maybe he's a little banged up, but like he's been an effective receiver in the league and he's still pretty young. Devontae Parker has been an effective receiver in this league. He's he's getting up there in a little bit in age, but like he still can be that guy. Pop Douglas. Juju was effective with fucking Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes. But they were, but at the same time, he was with Big Ben at the end of his career, and that Big Ben was not the same guy that he was a decade, fifteen years ago. Not the same yeah, guy. Ben threw for five thousand yards a year. Juju had a thousand yards. We all know what what what, what yards say about quarterbacks. Like let's oh, let's be real. Okay. Take the yeah. yards out of it, but like. He also had Antonio Brown. He was throwing through that year too. So like he was getting the second. He was getting the second guy. Yeah, I agree. But, but like, that's but that's like that's the dude. You're you're proving your own point, dude. That's that's still evaluation. Even though it's not a fucking draft pick, it's still evaluation. Bill evaluated him and said that we need to bring him in and he could be an asset for us. But when you look at the fucking teams he's been on, he's had Antonio Brown and Travis Kelsey as the number one option. Sure. So when you make him, when you put him, dude, they started a fucking game with Devonte Parker and Juju. What are you doing? This is the thing that frustrates me about Bill still being here is he's so set in his ways that we're still getting Parker and Juju out there. I understand that they're good soldiers, maybe not Juju anymore, but like I understand that Parker's been a good soldier and a good locker room guy. Like I totally get that, man. That's why you don't cut him. That's why you keep him on the team, keeping him, giving him some fucking. It's just, I, I, I just can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I'm sorry. It's just so frustrating, dude. I can tell how passionate you are about it because you love cutting me off there. What I'm saying is, like, they have Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki, too. Both proven, effective pass catchers at the tight end position. And they just, they haven't put it together. Troy Brown, Bill O'Brien are not taking enough heat, in my opinion. Yeah, Bill O'Brien going out there falling on the sword today, or yesterday, or whatever it was. Good. He deserves it. They look the same. He looks. They look the same as they did last year under defensive coach Matt Patricia calling the friggin' plays. They look the same, if not worse. They look worse, actually. They do look worse. What's What's the one constant there then? You could say it's Bill. You could say it's Bill, but Bill's not calling. No, the plays. you know, I was, dude. I was proving. I was trying to help you, Doug. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You're going to say it's Mac Jones, right? You're going to say yeah, it's the quarterback. Yeah. It's going to be the quarterback. Okay. All right. Sorry. I, I was a little. I had. I was on my heels. A I little think bit there. you. I think that. It, I think it's. It's a combination. I think that they didn't do a lot. I didn't. Th- I don't think they did enough to help him. I think they ruined him a little bit. I think Josh McDaniels was really good at keeping him between the rails and keeping him on on schedule and on time. But, but, but I don't think. I don't think he's. He's not the guy. And I think that the bringing in X, Y, and Z coordinator is not going to change the fact he's not the guy. I mean, at the same time, I mean, you look at that rookie season that he had. They had the training wheels on for him that year. They protected the hell out of him running the ball. Ran look for at like that 15, 1600 yards as a team. Exactly. And you look at the game against Buffalo in the wind. The guy threw three passes. They got the win, but he threw three effing passes in that game. So, like, they were protecting the hell out of him. Yeah, he was effective. And I'm starting to come around to the idea that that's, a, that's that guy's ceiling. That was Max's ceiling, was his rookie year. And yeah, you could argue that they didn't do enough to upgrade the guys around him. The coaching staff around him was not was not upgraded enough. Maybe he could have gone a little bit further, but I, I'm still not seeing it because you see a guy out there right now who has a serious case of the yips. Like, oh, yeah. anytime he feels somebody coming at him, it's off his back foot. 
pickoff, or he's throwing a freaking lob pass fade like you like you said on a seven yard out route to a tight end, mile over his head, wasn't even close. So like, yeah, and he, like, he should have been even even playing through. Even the picky through, like when you're trying to get it to pop or or yeah. Stevenson, like the first, it, it was like it's dude. The 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 pressure isn't getting to you, dude. There's a Patriots player. There's a Patriots offensive lineman between you and a player on the other team, dude. Come on. It just it just tells me that the dude doesn't have it. Maybe he goes somewhere else, like a la San Francisco, and be successful. Like fine. Imagine if they got a second from San Francisco, like they did for. Oh my God. I take that. I would take that. Oh, I would take anything. I would, I would take, take that a heartbeat. Below a, I would take anything a third and better this offseason. Yeah, I would. Bye. Have a nice day. You want to exercise his option? Pay the dude. Fine. I think it's obvious that they're not gonna not gonna exercise his option after the season. He shouldn't be. I think Mac is going to be a career backup, and I think he has a significant potential to be a kind of a guy like a Chase Daniel because he is smart. He is a smart guy. He understands the game. He understands the defenses, but to play every day. I don't think he's got that that it factor. He doesn't have the talent enough talent to be that guy. But I think he could be a very very successful long term backup in this league. I just don't want him to be here. I want he needs to go somewhere else at this point. And you know that that's going to kind of bring me into a question we received from from one of our great listeners, a primetime guy, Tommy Bennett at TJ Bennett thirty seven on Twitter. Be sure to check him out. Dude pumps out articles every day. Great reads across all Tommy, sports. Tommy, you're the goat. Absolutely amazing pro, guy. Podcast. Absolutely. He's a great guy to talk sports with. He sees both sides of the argument all the time. You can have a real good conversation with him. So be sure to interact with him on Twitter. He writes in saying, I feel like New England is in an interesting spot. They have a two-game cushion on the third overall selection. What what do you do if you're the Patriots? Do you draft a quarterback in round two and take Marvin Harrison potentially at uh at that pick or do you take the best quarterback available and build the wide receiver core in free agency joe what are your thoughts on that question all right so i have uh like how you're supposed to do it and then i have how the patriots should do it because i think that we need to add a caveat here um the only way that marvin harrison jr is not a prolific nfl player is if bill belichick drafts him that's nothing to do with anything besides the fact that every time Bill drafts a wide receiver in the first round, it goes to shit. I, I'm just I'm just trying to be funny, but I'm being completely serious. If there's there's the, how I want them to do it is I want them to pick Harrison with the top pick. I want them to go into get back into the first round and get one of the second tier quarter uh, quarterbacks, maybe a Jaden Daniel type. I like Jaden Daniel. I don't think he's going to be there in the second round, so that's why I think you're probably going to have to trade up. But after that, you need to allocate every single iota of resource that you have in the Patriots treasure trove to offensive line. You need to revamp every fucking position besides right tackle. I'm not kidding, dude. Maybe I you could talk me into city cell. You need another center. Jay, Andrews isn't going to be fucking. He's not going to be elite. He's forever. older. You you've seen some you've seen some wear and tear at him on the mm-hmm. end of the season. He got beat pretty bad at the end of that mm-hmm. game to yep. uh, to that last sack. He got beat pretty bad, and you've seen it a couple times. I love David Andrews. Like you sent that go down with the ship guy about Bill Belichick. I love that about him. He's a simple man. He's a man of very few words, but he every time he speaks, it means a lot, and I, I I can get behind that. But you need to find you need to have a contingency plan there. Cole Strange doesn't work. 
Trent Brown doesn't work. He's on the reservation for half the year. You need a more steady, you need a more steady hand at left tackle, especially if you're drafting another right-handed quarterback. So my my opinion is is that yeah, we're gonna have this top pick and we're gonna get another quarterback, but I think that we need to focus the majority of the other resources on both sides, uh, maybe not both sides, but between mm-hmm. you need to you need to you need to focus on the trenches on the offense because even if you're even if you draft a quarterback that maybe in the first year can't can't really carry a team and you get a backup and you run the ball a bunch you can still win a bunch of games by having a good offensive line and a good running game so I'm done losing fucking ten games a season I'm done doing that so I want to do it the right way and I think that like teams like Philly and teams like the 49ers who built it from the inside out have a lot easier time kind of filling holes after they have those two sides of the ball kind of shored up. Absolutely. And I, I, I somewhat agree with you there. I, I am hammering, hammering the point that they I want them to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You could say what you want about Bill Belichick and the Patriots drafting wide receivers in the first round and having a horrible track record, which indisputable. Totally agree with you on that. Never will forgive Bill for drafting the kill Harry over the likes of Depot Samuel, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, all those guys. I'll never forgive him for that. Set the franchise back years. They have not picked this high. I, I honestly, personally, as a 34 going on 35 year old dude, don't remember them ever picking this high. I think the earliest pick that I can remember is Richard Seymour. And I don't even remember what pick that was. It was a Number top nine. 10 pick. It was a top nine. 10 pick. Yeah. But never, never have we seen them pick this high. I Maybe it was going back to like when they picked Drew Bledsoe back in like 1992 or 93, whatever well, year he, that he was. He was the number one overall pick, right? He was number one overall. Yep. Yeah. And, I, I just think that that talent is a gen- Marvin Harrison Jr. is a generational talent, and I want him to come in here. And I, I'll beat the hammer down, Jaden Daniels. I'll even settle if you want to wait to the second round to draft a JJ McCarthy type guy. No, or later, no, or later, no, or later. No, or, or, no, let me finish. Let no. me finish. Get him oh, in here. Stinks. Let him sit behind a veteran quarterback that you're going to sign in free agency to come in. But like you I said, I want them to do that if they get anybody besides Caleb Williams. I want. I, I, I want, don't even want I Caleb want, Williams. I don't. Even want I don't Caleb want. Williams. I don't want him either. But I think he's the only one that could start and be better for the team than what they. Fair, have. fair. That, but that dude's got. A, uh, he's, he's showing a lot of character issues right now. And I think he's trying there. not to get on the Bears. <laughs> I mean, he might. I don't he, think he, wants he doesn't to have to come Bears. out this year. He doesn't have to come out this year. That's the thing. He's a junior. True. He doesn't have true. to come out this true, year, true, so true. he doesn't have to do that. But he is showing a little bit of character issues right now. I'm like very much against that. Um, I think that's going to be a big issue going forward here when we get the new generation of athlete in them. I think. Oh, just, I think I you're absolutely think, spot on with that. I think you're spot on with that. Comment. I think I think they are red flags, but if he did this maybe ten years ago or fifteen years ago, I think it would be a lot bigger of a turnoff. Yeah, absolutely. I think, it, I think it's more acceptable now. I don't think it's as, as big of a deal now. Maybe maybe I mean, when you have a military style coach like Bill, it'll maybe persuade them away from it more than maybe another team but but you I say what you want but like the the patriots over the course of the last 25 years have brought in don't get me wrong i don't want the guys like that the, the, they brought in guys with character issues i mean yeah. you argue like randy moss had character issues when he came in here went off obviously tom brady's throwing the ball to him so that's that's a totally different discussion but like they've taken their chances on guys with character issues on this and most of the time it's kind of worked out in some capacity maybe it didn't work out to get them back to their elite level of play that they showed in college or early on in the pros, but like they've been able to get the most out of those types of players. And it still doesn't make me want to draft Caleb Williams. I mean, he's got the talent, but like 
somebody that I want to be the face of my franchise, the highest pick that this franchise has seen in two plus decades. I, I, I'm not willing to marry to that. If I, my ideal scenario is exactly how, what you laid out, Joe, is Marvin Harrison at three or two or whatever it is, and then trading back into the first round and getting Jaden Daniels. That's that right now is where I'm at, where I would love to see this franchise go in the draft. And at the same time, all those resources need to go onto the offensive side of the ball besides retaining the guys that you have on defense. Like, like I would love, I I think Jabril Peppers is under contract for next year, but I would love to see him extended further than that. I would freaking run, run through a wall for that dude. Like he has been an absolute great pickup for this. Are you cool with them letting Duggar walk? If you lock up Jabril for long-term. Uh, I think I would be, I think I would be okay with that. I, I think yeah, I'm not as hell bent on signing Duggar as everybody else is. I, I want them to bring him back. I want them to bring him back, too, but I want it to be on good term. I want it to be on sure. low money. I don't think he should be one of the highest paid safeties in the game. He's Agreed. not, a, he's not a, he's not a two uh, phase of the game player. Agreed. He's stopping box safety. He's Jamal. He's Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the Seahawks giving up multiple capital to, to keep that guy. Two here, first know? round picks. Yep. Brutal, brutal. I would rather if you're gonna put a gun to my head, I which want them turned to... into sorry, sorry to cut you off again, which turned into like fucking Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Or, I know. I think Brees might have been a second round pick, but it turned. Might have been Sauce Gardner. Yeah, dude. It, no, they they got themselves the fourth overall pick. Okay, the Jets are right. good at that, but I, I forget who uh, you might be. I think it, I think it was Garrett Wilson was the second pick in that draft, but I think those picks ended up being legit for the fucking. Uh, for the Jets, so it's like exactly you gave up a safety for two cornerstones of your franchise, like a, co- a safety that can't stay healthy, <laughs> yeah, and a safety that can't play the pass. Yeah, Dude, absolutely, we built the whole defense around get Devin McCourty playing center field. You got to find mm-hmm. that guy again. And I, I love Jabril Peppers because he's he brings more than just on the field. Dude, that dude is emerging as like a leader of that defense in the Agreed. locker room. And if it gun to my head, extend him, sign a when you and get. And get Duggar at a uh, at a decent number. They have a ton of cap space in the offseason. Oh yeah, to address a lot of their problems, whether or not they use it the right way or not, we'll see. But that's that that's kind of where I'm at. And if you can build a team that way and add again, add some receivers to support Harrison and Daniels back there. With I'd even I'd even hammer the hammer the hammer the drum to bring Zeke back for another another year or two. Like he's been effective in this offense. I want to see Ty Montgomery punted to the moon. I'm sick of seeing him see the field. That oh dude sucks. Thank you, that dude, dude. sucks. Thank like you. I don't want to see him back anywhere. Maybe he can return kicks. Fine, you can sit back there and return kicks. I can be your sole no, role. Dude, you see him get lit up at the 19. Dude? Fine, he gets let up, him like, do that. Missed. I like, don't dude, care about that. How will you like, make to one person miss ever? God, he's man. he's an old guy. Like. When he was getting snaps on the offense, I'm like, dude, come on. Like, he's not James White. Like, put Stevenson, put Ezekiel Elliott out there and let them do their thing. Because, like, that fucking tandem. Somersaulted into the fucking end zone the first week last year. Really? Yeah. Oh, get this. That tandem, though, that tandem of Zeke and Stevenson can work. And it can, I think it can work for another year or two until Zeke really, really, truly falls off. Because he's been very effective when he's been out there. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Obviously, this is what we're talking about as Patriots fans now. I mean, we want them to lose. We don't want we don't want to hurt our draft position. And say what you want about the Bears, I could still see them taking a quarterback. Justin Fields is good. He's good, but he's hurt. He gets hurt, and he still is not showing that next step. Like similar to Mac. I mean, in that draft, I was like, I want Justin Fields in that draft. 
if he's here, maybe it's a little different. Maybe it, maybe it works out a little different. The offense looks a lot different. All this and that, like it's a little bit more modern. But at the same time, I mean, even back then, I was like, no Ohio State quarterback has really ever had success in the NFL. And I think right now we're seeing the first one, the first one, do it. So, CJ uh, Stroud, if you're listening, come on the pod. Oh, uh, absolutely. And I, I do want to just touch on another question that kind of piggies off the piggybacks off the Patriots here. It's from Poolside Pat, Pat Geary, another primetime guy at Poolside Pat one on Twitter. Wanted to get our thoughts on the uh, Barstool Big Cat computer rankings that the part of my take guys put out every year. The Patriots being labeled as super ass with the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. My thoughts are on this, like for them to be in the same point as the New York Jets right now. The New York Jets are better than the Patriots. So I think the Jets are getting screwed out of that. (laughs) The Jets are getting screwed out of that. And that's my thing. That's meaner to the Jets than it is the Pats, dude. I mean, yeah, big cat, big Chicago Bears fan saying, I'm sorry, America, for the Bears. They'd be right down there in the super, super ass category that the Bears, the Patriots, and the Panthers should be in, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I think that the the Jets, Jets are getting screwed by these power rankings more than the Patriots are. Agreed. And uh, I think it was maybe last week or the week before when he put out the tier rankings, it was like bad Big Ten teams and like good Big Ten teams. And the, the, <laughs> the Steelers were a good Big Ten team and the Pats were a bad Big Ten team. I just thought that was fun. And you're, you're so right. It says so much about like the state of the Patriots that were even mentioned in the conversation with the Panthers who just fired their coach through 11 games and the Jets. That's what you get. If you, that's that's yeah. what you're gonna get when the Patriots fire Bill. You're gonna get that kind of coaching carousel. I'm just telling, just warning you. I'm just warning you. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Before we move on, I just want to say thank you, Pat. Thank you, Tommy, for being great interactors of the podcast here. We appreciate Always. you. We look forward to all your content that you put out, and uh, we look forward to continuing to interact with you in the future. Joe, you want to take it away? Yeah, no segue needed here. Uh, we did okay with our picks last week. We went three and three. Um, we usually have a seventh pick. I can't put my thumb on why we didn't have a seventh pick this week. I've been thinking about it all day. I haven't been able to come up with an answer. I just don't. Sometimes the numbers just don't number, and you can't. You just can't figure it out. Um, thoughts? Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He sucks. Why do we even let him on here? Oh, that's right. He does our editing for us. Oh, oh wait. We would have. We would have went below five hundred if we had that second seventh. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the week that Kojak picks fucking uh, Tyree Kill first touchdown score and it hits in like the fucking end of the second quarter. Damn right. Anyway, uh, so last week we went three and three. Um, we had. We'll start with Burrish here. His lock was uh, Houston plus a point and a half. Ended up missing. He had uh, Pittsburgh minus one, which was a win. And then he had Philly minus three and a half, which uh, Screwed. Josh Screwed. fucked up for him. Um, coming over to my side of the ball, uh, I listened back at the podcast, and I think I had one too many beers. I picked the Arizona Moneyline as a five-point underdog. What the fuck am I doing there? They ended up blue. They lost by like 20 fucking points. So Arizona money line ended up being a loss. I had uh, Giants plus three and a half, which was fucking lock, stealing. Lock. That should have been your lock. candy from a baby. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just, I have a good relationship with the crafts. Um, 
And then my lock of the week was San Francisco minus six and a half, which was, uh, we talked about that game earlier. That was easy money. Um, so a season total of nine and six on our locks, which I, I don't die. I think that's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not doing the math. I almost just called, I almost just exposed the shit out of myself there. <laughs> um, and then uh, a total season, our overall for uh, everything locks included is uh, 25, 23, and two. Coming back down to earth there, but <laughs> we're over 500 on the overall. But I think we're uh, we're hitting at a really good clip on our uh, on our locks here. So I'll just roll right into my picks for this week. Uh, I'll start with my two picks outside of my lock. I got Atlanta minus two and a half in the Meadowlands versus the Jets. The Jets suck. Um, and then right after the game, Salah's like, yeah, we're starting Tim Boyle again. Dog, Tim Boyle was bad in college. <laughs> like, and now you got to play him in the fucking pros. I think that's – I think that they're bad and they have no confidence in their quarterback, which is a recipe for disaster. I think Atlanta – I think Atlanta's playing decent. Um, I think they could be playing better. I'm not sold on Desmond Ritter yet, but I am sold on the Jets not being able to cover two and a half. Uh, it brings me to another game in uh, across the country. Uh, it's uh, Cleveland getting five points against the Rams in LA. I don't think the I don't think LA is very good. I think Cleveland with a good defense, they they have one of the best DVOAs uh, the last six weeks in their defense. I think that keeps games close. I think if you give Cleveland five points, they can cover that easy with that defense. And I think honestly, if you um, uh, their quarterback was like crying on the sidelines after they had that win the other week. So I think that there's they got a little bit of there's a little bit of something there. I don't know what it is. The Browns are probably going to Browns me. That's okay. I think I'm going to ride with this one. I'm not sold on LA, even though they were my dark horse at the beginning of the season. Give me Cleveland plus five in LA. That brings me to my lock. Screw you. Yeah, I had to, I had to do it. I think somebody has picked Detroit like five of the last seven weeks. We probably but both I'm, have. Yeah, I would say we, we basically, whoever gets Detroit in the chat first every week gets them. Uh, I talk a lot of shit about Detroit at the beginning of the podcast, but I do think since they're an emotional team, uh, emotional leaders, their coach, who is a uh, raw, raw kind of guy, I think he's they're going to have 10 games in between when they lost to Green Bay on Thanksgiving and when they play in New Orleans this Sunday. So I think uh, Detroit minus three and a half is going to be my play there. Uh, I don't think New Orleans really doesn't have anything to play for. They're kind of a middling team. They have no reason to win, no reason to lose. They're on that. They're in that kind of weird limbo mode. Derek Carr sucks. Uh, fucking what's his name? James Winston. James Winston's yelling at dudes on the sidelines. It's just a bad look there. I think uh, Detroit gets it done and covers this week. Barish, what do you got for me? All right, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna hammer my uh, my team that you just bashed, and that's the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I'm gonna take them plus five and a half right now over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh really didn't impress me in their win. I know they had um, you know their first game without their trash offensive coordinator Matt Canada got fired before this past week. They still only beat the Joe Burrow less Bengals by six points, and Jake Browning was the quarterback in that game. Steelers have been flirting with this teetering of their season. They've found ways to win games and I've been on them, you know, picking them. Obviously last week I picked them to beat Cincinnati. And it's just, it's just one of those things where I think that the Cardinals are going to rebound from their bad, bad game that they had against the Rams. And I, I know they're going on the road. They're going on the road into Pittsburgh to play, but I like them to find a way to beat the Kenny Pickett Pittsburgh Steelers 
I'm so I, I'm I'm gonna call this right now. I think this is gonna be where the Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna fall off. I'm hoping I'm right because they find ways to win games despite them not really impressively doing it. So uh, I I just I just I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling the Cardinals in this game. Next pick is gonna be Indy minus one against Tennessee. Um, Have you seen the news out of Indianapolis today? I did not. You should Certain have running back before. Oh yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's out. They were fine without him early on in the season with Zach Moss. He does that doesn't worry me one bit. I mean, I think that Tennessee is a team that they struggled this past week to beat Carolina. They struggled this past week to beat the worst team in the league in terms of having the highest draft pick, which ironically belongs to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Carolina is a team that just seems to be an absolute mess with, you know, firing Frank Reich this, you know, in the last couple of days and give me Indianapolis to, to, to just beat this team. I, Tennessee is just a team that has been very, very under impressive this year. They should have, I think last year they won the division or they were right in the battle of the division with the Jaguars until the end last year. They're not the same team. They're clearly on the downturn. Um, Gardner Minshew, even when we we watched him play against the Patriots in Germany, he could find ways to to, to win a game and get get them giving up a point. I'll I'll take that all day. My lock of the week was going to be the Detroit Lions minus three and a half, but Mister Joe Sure beat me to the chat this this game. I been no secret that I've been a big Detroit Lions fan, but I'm going to move on to my other team that I'm a big fan of, and it's a team that I expect to bounce back this week. And that's the that's the uh, the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans. That, that was my ESPN going off on a different speaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the Houston Texans. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna rebound from their their performance against Jacksonville. They're playing Denver Broncos at home. Denver's a team that like they're they're floating in there, and I don't really follow them. And I see that their record that like they're in they're right in the hunt. They might even be in the playoffs at this point, if I'm not mistaken. They are. Uh, no, they're right outside. They have the same record as the Texans. I think the Texans are going to beat this. I love D'Amico Ryans. I love CJ Stroud. I love everything that they're doing down there. And I like them to, to right the ship this week at home against the Denver Broncos, a team that I am just not a buyer or believer in. Russell Wilson is a guy that I will never, ever, ever support. They're laying three and a half points in this game. The last time I laid a team that or a better team that was laying three and a half. I got screwed in overtime. So let's just not make it two weeks in a row, please, Houston. But my lock <laughs> of the week is going to be CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans beating the Denver Broncos at home, laying the three and a half points. Hey, Kojak. Oh, hey, pal. <laughs> Would you like to participate? No, I'm good. <laughs> no, All right, cool. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Uh, make off. sure to Come get on, your best. <laughs> All right. I'm picking a game that I think is going to be the NFC Championship, and it's going to be Philly and San Fran. Uh, they have San Fran's going into Philly in their favorites. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty good game, really good game, probably the best game of the week. And I'm going to hit the uh, Philly plus three. I think they're going to take this, take this game. They're a hot team right I now. I love picking home dogs. Picking home dogs is fucking great. I really hope the 49ers win. Just going to throw that out there. I hate Philadelphia. I, I hate hope they win by one or two points is what you mean. <laughs> Fine. Fair. Fair. Yes. Fair. Yes. There we go. 
This I, is the I, BPP I, We're All Pulling in One Direction podcast. <laughs> after, after you just after you just shit on him for his picks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. After I just ridiculed him for the entire segment. Uh, yeah, why are you being mean to him? <laughs> oh man. Good pick, though. Good pick, though. I like that. Pick. Hey, thanks, pal. I'm surprised they didn't you flex burge. that game into Sunday night. I'm surprised they didn't flex that into Sunday night. I'm sure that's what Joe and I were talking about. The earlier. Chiefs are playing it Sunday night. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. That's why they didn't. They're gonna get all that. They're gonna get all that BS. But they're playing the Packers. The Chiefs are playing the Packers. There, it's not going to be really a, that good of a game. Let's be real. So, I am. Yeah, I almost picked the Chiefs to cover that. That was almost one of my picks. Just the Chiefs to cover in that game. <laughs> but dude, the Lions. I don't know. The Lions impressed me a little bit on, on Thanksgiving. So I think that was more of a uh, pro Packers pick than it was like an anti KC pick. Sure, sure. Love it, love it. What do you say? Let's. We're at like an hour and a half right now. Let's plug this shit up. Let's plug, plug it up. It up Let's baby. plug it up. Follow us on Twitter at BTP underscore podcast underscore. I'm there at Burge the Goalie. Joe's there at the underscore Juicy Jew. And Kojak is there at Allen13Brennan. Give us a follow. Give us all a follow. We'll be going at it back and forth, I'm sure, about the Patriots pretty consistently. Joe and I love going back and forth on that, throwing gifs each other's way. So, if you like hockey, check out the Two Pad Stack podcast that I'm on. Again, at Two Pad Stack Pod on X. If you want to buy some tickets to a Patriots game, you can save some money because they suck. At or it's, uh, <laughs> it's at SeatGeek Two, the number two Pad Stack Pod. Save twenty dollars off your first order. So be sure to get at that. Boys, we'll be at the Garden this Friday. Thanks to Burge. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Happy birthday, Jack. Everybody, uh, say happy birthday to Jack. Hey, thanks, pal. Jack, Jack, happy birthday. He's Thanks, still a buddy. child. He's still a child. Damn right. Next, next episode, I'm going to give everybody his social and his full birthday. <laughs> Let's, so do Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Finally. All right. On that note, boys, have a good week, man. Take it easy.